This time on episode 485 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk the Kids WB show X-Men Evolution Season 1, Episodes 12 and 13, The Cauldron, Part 1, and Part 2. I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. This show is recorded on Saturday, September 30th, 2023. Live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast Bayville wide. Come and join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we might just a little bit like talking about Marvel. Because of Magneto's hair salon. If you think that you need some cool hair like Magneto, you should go over to our website at legendsofshield.com and see if we can hook you up with some contact information there. If you'd like to talk about what style Magneto should give you, you can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you've recently gotten a cool haircut or shaved your beard into a cool shape or something, make sure to show us over on our Discord server, which you can find at gunageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunageek.com network. Yes, the GuineaGeek.com network. We are a part of them and they are a part of us. And we are all happy and glad and a big network. Actually, on the network, just in case anybody didn't know, there's a lot of spoiler discussion going on about Ahsoka on the spoiler channel and the Discord server. So come and join that. Have some fun. I actually haven't seen the last, the latest episode yet because, well, this week's been kind of busy for me, but I intend on having. A few extra days next week to catch up on everything. I mean, I just, I foresee it in my future. Just a, a couple of catch up days. Is that one of those shows about the Star War? Yeah, the singular war in the stars. Yes. All right. In the meantime, we are talking about X-Men Evolution in this really penultimate lead up podcast to Loki season two. There's no really correlation of the two other than that we're going to be talking Loki next week. So catch that next week. In the meantime, we have the finale of season one, X-Men Evolution. You guys ready? Yes. We need to talk about this one. X-Men Evolution, Episode 12, The Cauldron, Part 1, premiered on Kids WB on May 5th, 2001. Episode 13, The Cauldron, Part 2, premiered on Kids WB on May 12th, 2001. 
Michelle, we really missed you last week. Thanks for calling in with all your great stuff, but uh, you didn't read the IMDb description. So I'm kind of empty and lost for a week. I'm hoping that you can reclaim that. Will do. The Cauldron, Part 1. Scott finds out his younger brother, Alex Summers, who he believed dead, is alive and may soon be recruited by Magneto to join him as the X-Men are forced to fight the Brotherhood for a place in Magneto's sanctuary. The Cauldron, Part 2. Magneto holds multiple battles to find out which mutants are worthy of joining him on Asteroid M, where Magneto offers to greatly strengthen and increase the mutant abilities of the winners to their full and maximum potential. All right, we'll start with first thoughts. Chris, what do you think? I had to watch this one without Kaylee, and I'm not sure really if I'm going to tell her that she should make sure she watches it before we start up season two. Fight, fight, fight. That escalated really quickly, and I'm not talking about the escalators in an apartment store. I'm talking about the story just kind of ballooning and elevating out of really nowhere. Okay, so let's talk about this. Where did this asteroid come from? Where I mean, what are we? Did he just like mentally grab a metal-based asteroid out there and pull it in and then keep it over the pole, or was it there? Or what? I don't. It's just there. It's like one of the layers in Scooby Doo. It just appears out of nowhere. I don't get this world yet. It doesn't seem. As though people know about mutants yet, there's no people picketing about mutants shouldn't exist or we need to regulate mutants. So the need of Magneto to form this asteroid, which I think would be on someone's radar, like all of a sudden things are missing. We've got this mass orbiting the earth that countries are probably calling each other up about did you put that there no did you put that there no who did that if anything he's drawing attention to mutants and he's saying that mutants and humans can't coexist but throughout this season we really haven't seen that we have seen him dividing these poor kids into these two groups He's basically saying mutants can't get along with mutants. The entire point of Magneto in the comics and, I mean, quite frankly, every other X-Men franchise property there is, is that he is the more militant side of mutants need their rights and mutants need to be people too. and we're going to fight to make sure that that happens. But that's coming from a place of he's been on the wrong side of government policy and social policy before and everything. And so it's been understandable because he has had to fight back to make sure that mutants could have the rights of regular humans and stuff. And this Magneto seems to be more of the oppressor in it instead of the oppressed and oppressed magneto is cool i've got no issue with oppressed magneto but oppressor magneto is 
at least just as bad as the people he's always fighting against in every other iteration of X-Men. This Magneto, I think this is the first time we see him maskless. I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've seen him without the helmet here. He gets a name, right? He gets the Magneto. We finally understand the name. There's some untold history. And I'd like to say I know what the history is between Magneto and Professor X because of other things that we've seen. But in this universe, no idea exactly what happened. I mean, you get the Scott Alex jumping out of the plane, the fire for the parachute. That's relatively the same, but you just don't know about Magneto's history here and why exactly they're differing or they're apart or, you know, whatever's going on between the two. You just, you don't know, but at least you finally get Magneto as like the big bad. And unlike the X-Men 92 series, he is the big bad, probably as a result of the X-Men movie that came out right before this came out. But I don't know if you can watch this show with the assumption that everybody has seen the movie. No, you can't. It was just the way that Marvel was going at that point in time. I know. And we are in a weird spot here because we're watching it completely devoid of any context we have in the real world. So us watching it, you know, I mean, the movie, we know it exists. That's about it. So Magneto here is just really. Wait, 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 wait. you've never seen the movie? No, I've seen it, okay. but you know, we're, we're not watching it with the movie in mind. No, we're not. We are watching it with really nothing in mind when it comes down to it. I mean, we just came off doing the X-Men 92 series. We've seen the other Disney stuff that's going on right now inside the MCU. And then just coming at this because it's something that several of us haven't seen and we're getting ready for the X-Men 97 series as it comes out. So, you know, why not? Let's, let's take a look at it. Right. But, yeah, Magneto obviously is a big bad, and he's getting people. It's it's weird. It's totally weird. Okay, we have to we have to get people. To, I don't care what team they are on. I just want them to be able to beat somebody else, and then I'll transform them in my transformation machine. Was a purple, I believe, purple transformation machine. And uh, yeah, that's all weird. Because at the end, I'm spoiling. Jumping to the end, Scott and Alec. Having gone through it, they're fine. They, you know, they use all their powers up or whatever, and they become normal again. Like what? Yeah, there's a lot of what in these two episodes. But it's nice to finally meet Havoc. But that's from again somebody who knows the comics and everything. We have no suggestion of Scott being any sort of orphan throughout the first season up until now. We have really no background on anyone's family except for Rogue, Nightcrawler, and Kitty. We have family information about Spike, because he's the nephew of Storm. We don't even know about Storm being at what point seen as a goddess. We really don't have much backstory, which was fine because they were getting into the action. We were learning about the outcasts being formed into the brotherhood while the good guys were the cool kids and they were becoming the X-Men. But we have no context of family life. And then all of a sudden we're learning Scott is an orphan and we don't even know how he ended up with Charles Xavier. Are we to assume that he ended up 
being Charles Xavier's foster kid. Like, we don't really know. We know Alex went through the foster system and is now in Hawaii and being like a really cool super dude. Like, wow. But everything else is just, where's the context of it? I don't need to be, I don't, I don't need my hand held and be told everything, but some context would be nice. Context would be so nice here because this is so different from every other X-Men universe. I know I said last week in that episode that I was just going to assume everything from the comics is still accurate until I'm told otherwise. Yeah, especially after this one. I can't do that anymore. So, let's take this episode out of context of the series. And let's just go, we're watching these two episodes back-to-back as their own little bottle, right? From that perspective, it's okay. I mean, it's got an epicness to it. It's got, you know, some story. And it's got some meaning in the lore of the mutants, right? So it's okay. I just think that the lead up to it, the rest of the series really didn't lead up to these two episodes. That's just my take on things. If you take a look at the message in a bottle, so to speak, it, it makes sense. I mean, it's a good campfire story, right? You know, you know, these characters just because of background and, and they go through it. It's okay. So that's my take on it. It's terrible in context of the series. It's okay within the bottle of the episodes themselves. Why does Magneto only want half of them, though? I got hung up on that. I'm thinking real estate. Real estate? He- There's not a lot of room on an asteroid. Well, it looked like a pretty big asteroid. I mean, you can land a plane on it. It was, it was big. If you can fit a plane, you can fit the extra four or five kids. And you do, actually. You get four or five kids. You know, they all get there eventually. Well, you have to have room for the machines. You have to have bedrooms. I'm hoping Magneto has the sense of putting in more than one bathroom. You've got to have the hot tub for Magneto. Again, you have the hair salon. Where's the sewer going to let out? In space? Space. Well, you're hovering over the planet, right? So (laughs) discharge it over the planet wherever you're up. Oh, mutant (laughs) crap's going to fall on you. And that's how we get more mutants. I mean, statistically, he's going to drop it over the ocean, so we should be fine. Then we get mutant fish and dolphins. And that's how octopus have gotten so smart. That's how we get Aquaman. Yes, I know. It just crossed the streams. So, so I really feel for the production team with these two episodes because they took one hit to their budget making these two episodes. Just think of it. Like the billion of dollars. I'm, I'm just going to categorize it as a, between one and $10 billion for the development of the XM Velocity you've got the original X-Men jet. That's got to be about one to 10 billions of dollars. So you have somewhere between two and 20 billions of dollars lost. This is a one-off jet. It's not like it's like continual development and procurement. It's not like a 747 where you draw that out over time. So it's like 20 billions of dollars lost, not to mention the damage to the X mansion when you know, the, the, the ball came in and went out two different places. And then when it came in, it settled in the lobby. 
you know, there's some damage that happens in this set. It's a big budget episode. And the asteroid itself, that's got to be trillions of, to grab an asteroid and pull it in close to the Earth and then film on location on the asteroid above the planet surface. That's like a trillion dollars. We're not even in billions. We're in trillions now. It's an expensive episode. Most expensive episode in cartoon history. Not to mention, you have to worry about the contamination of all the resources on the asteroid because they can't really go mine that anymore without making sure that the TV production didn't mess all that up. So this is a real thing. Just throwing this out there. After World War II, there was the whole nuclear test Operation Crossroads down in Bikini Atoll, right? So you had that thing going on. After that, all of the metal in the planet that had not been made by then was considered contaminated. So you can't use that metal for things like Geiger counters, you know, stuff that you're measuring radiation with. This affects space telescopes and everything. So... Yeah, you are contaminating that asteroid by pulling it into the Earth's atmosphere and having that radioactive atmosphere wash over it. Absolutely, you're contaminating the asteroid. True story. Does Progressive cover all of this? (laughs) I mean, I know they do a lot of bundles. And Flo really is a champion of bundles and getting everyone appropriate coverage. How does Professor Xavier file claims? Because the X-Mansion has been destroyed before with Juggernaut. It gets gets rebuilt quickly. I guess Xavier's got his own crew on top of that. Maybe there's some other mutants we don't know about that can, you know, their powers are about construction. Who knows? But how exactly do you get a new black How do you get a new plastic made aircraft? Because that was Charles. Charles was like, yeah, this one, there's no metal. Like, Magneto outwitted you. Yeah, like you said, this is just expensive. Just how rich is Charles supposed to be? Let me take that a couple at a time. First of all, they do not use progressive. As good as flow is, Charles Xavier uses farmer's insurance because, you know, they cover like the impossible stuff and, you know, their ads are J.K. Simmons. So, you know, it's in universe, right? That is true. That's part of it, right? So he's using farmer's insurance. The other thing is that I, I, I do have a difficult because they, Forge isn't there and they, it's not exactly like they have a butler with a masked crusader. That's able to fix things or create new things. I'm talking about the cave and Batman, right? Yes. Yeah. You don't have that here. So yeah. Farmer's insurance, no Batman cave. I, I just, Okay. They've been making some really big strides in 3d printing lately though. So maybe the entire house is just 3d printed and they have another one pretty much ready to go. Have you seen those 3D, those massive 3D printers that are basically printing concrete? Have you seen them? Yes. They're so cool. I want one. <laughs> yep. All right. So we do get, let's, let's talk about characters a little bit because Mystique, Mystique grows. 
in this whole thing. And, uh, you know, it starts by her trying to sneak in to the mansion as a kitty. And my question to you guys is, did Storm know it was Mystique as she came into the mansion? Or did she just figure it out once Mystique transformed from the cat to human form again? I'm not sure. Because she pets the kitty. But that would be a nice cover to make Mystique think that she doesn't know. But also she could just really like cats. I think she did like cats. I don't think that was... Uh, I think she legitimately likes... I mean, who doesn't like cats? Cats are... I'm allergic to cats and I can't have one in my house, but I like them. I don't think she knew right away. I think she was having to take the situation in and then slowly putting the numbers together and then realizing, okay, that cat is probably Mystique. And then there's Mystique and Storm is prepared to kick Mystique's butt. And knowing that Mystique can shapeshift like that, I don't know if I would be letting strange animals into my house. Actually, I don't know if I'd be letting strange animals into my house anyway. When you're a mutant, I guess you got to go with the flow sometimes. Yeah, but it also might have been the perfect way to keep Mystique out. Like, no, cat, you can't come in my house. I think she was waiting for her letter of admittance to Hogwarts. I know, that was so McGonagall. The cat into... Harry Potter, the book, came out in 1997, so the whole cat into Mystique could be completely inspired by McGonagall. Well, if you want to go timeline, you can go back to the original Voltron and the witch was a cat in that. Yes, that is true. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on your matter of perspective. I don't know. It, this is close to Harry Potter, so I, I agree. And J.K. Rowling has said herself she has never read a sci-fi or a fantasy in her life. She just magically pulled this out of her butt. <laughs> Magical, I guess. I think I'm going to get, I'm going to sidetrack here. I think I'm going to get uh, a couple new inflatables this year to decorate the lawn. And one happens to be this beautiful inflatable Hogwarts train. It's $300, but it's beautiful. So I might get it. Has nothing to do with this episode whatsoever. I'm just saying, I think I'm going to get it. So be prepared to watch my shoulders and see what the yard looks like with this inflatable, majestic train. And it, it, it looks pretty cool. I'll send you guys a link afterwards. All right. So, Chris, um, I mean, is there a matter of trust within the mutant community? I mean, this, their trust is just weird. Like, Alex meets Magneto first. Okay, Magneto must be right. Presumably Scott met Charles Xavier first. Charles must be right. A lot of times, especially in kids' stories, you have, like, the person that you met first in this conflict, they are the good guys. And just for no other reason than you get their information first. So Alex is going up there just... Oh, Magneto just wants to talk to y'all. He just wants to help make everything better. And we have no reason not to believe that other than Charles saying that Magneto is a dick. But 
I mean, it's just, wait, can I say that? You just did. Okay. Alex has no reason to think that. It's just a weird thing. And I just get tired of reading these stories and basically 100% of the time, whichever person the character you're following talks to first is right, turns out to be the right move. So they have explored that idea earlier on in the season with the whole rogue thing. They've explored it. It wasn't direct to this, but they've explored that concept, right? Where rogue was understandably making up her own mind. She got caught in with mystique and her clan and then figured out that, no, I need to go with professor X. So she made that decision on her own. Admittedly, it wasn't with, information because she knows that Charles is keeping something from her. She mentions it. In the, I mean, we talked about it last week. So there is a trust factor where she's assessing whether the person's good or bad. But, you know, who's right and who's wrong? That's a crux of all mutant stories, no matter where you go. Right. So I, I, I can't blame Magneto, but in the context of there's humanity that's against them and they don't have that yet as Michelle pointed out earlier on. So I don't know. And with rogue part of the crux of her entire story is that she's had this conflict. So she's really, I think the exception that proves the rule here. So we do get some things answered here. We, you know, the stereotypical superhero battle, who wins if they fight whoever, right? So we have Mystique and Storm, and Storm wins that fight. So we got that one, right? We got, uh, Scott really didn't fight anybody. No, he's Scott and Alex just kind of jumped into the thing together to go have brother fun. Right. So then you're left with the rest of them. You're left with Nightwing, Rogue, Kate Pride, and who's the other one that they have with them? There's four of them. But then there's Toad and Avalanche and Blob. Right. Was it just three on three? I thought it was four on four. Oh, no. Spike was there and Quicksilver. Yeah. Spike and Quicksilver. Quicksilver. And then Wolverine and Sabretooth. Yeah. So... Sabretooth wins, but just because Professor X tells Logan to lose. So we don't get an answer to who's best between those two. We do get the Blob versus Kate Pride, and the Blob wins because Kate passes out. Why did Kate pass out? Why? I don't understand. That was. She went through the Blob and got Blobified, and then. She's gone through a ton of stuff. I don't, I don't buy that. I, I know that that's what they were trying to say, but I don't buy that. Blob passed out. And as she was phasing through him, she you know, went through him. And going through him was so disgusting that she needed to take a shower. So then she passed out. Because mm. they both technically lost. Yeah. But I, I guess my point is, I don't think Kate Pride lost. I don't either, but according to Magneto, you have to be standing at the end. Yeah. I just feel for Toad. I think he just made up that rule so that he could keep Alex and Scott. (laughs) Let's face it, it was all made up. It was 
There was no rules that were stated. And Mystique was upset. Mystique was like, I can't believe he wants me to prove myself after all I've done for him, which is true. She's been your right-hand person for who knows how long. You did something to her kid, yet she's still there being your top employee. You would think after being employee of the month for several months would get you a spot in the asteroid automatically. So at the end of the day, you have three mutants that have gone through the transformation that have stuck because Scott and Alex's transformation did not stick for whatever reason. I still am fuzzy on that. But you have Magneto himself. He went through, he said he got transformed. Sabretooth transformed. Mystique transformed. Those are the three mutants that got transformed all on the axis of evil side and not in the X-Men side. Ah, yes, but the X-Men have learned to become unified and Xavier makes this great speech about becoming unified and we're going to come together to fight either evil as the X-Men and look at our heroic pose except for the outcast on the side, which reminds me of how the X-Men treated the Morlocks especially when Storm became leader and she didn't even uh, leave behind her phone number for when the Morlocks got in trouble and the Morlocks get in trouble and it's like Storm forgets about them and doesn't check in on them and they end up in trouble and Storm needs to relinquish her leadership. It's like everyone, but if you don't look like this, then even though you fought against us in the past and we're trying to move past all of that, you don't get to hang with the cool kids. All right, Chris, any other things you want to talk about? No, I think we pretty much hit on this one. Mostly. I was just excited. Magneto is finally named so that the subtitles aren't really spoiling anything. Who's your favorite character in season one? I don't know. I really don't. Um, I think I've got a soft spot for Kitty in here mm-hmm. just because I think she's cool. But other than that, I haven't decided yet. Definitely not Scott. Michelle? Rogue. Okay. I was thinking you might be Storm, but okay, Rogue. Well, we don't really get to know Storm at all during this. So when we talk about the characters that we get to know, and we get to see the emotional growth of Rogue. Storm is just an adult who's there and who creates fog and lightning so far. All right. I am squarely in the Kate Pride camp, so that's where I am, and I'm not going to budge off of it. So there, take that. We're taking it. <laughs> right. Okay. Final thoughts, Chris? I'm just really excited to see what's going to happen in season two. And I'm glad that we have this timed out in a way that I kind of have that real life equivalent season break of having to wait for season two to actually happen. Same. It's going to be interesting if we still get the same Brotherhood versus X-Men or if Magneto is going to come back and become a recurring villain or antagonist. Antagonist is a better is a better term, I think. Or if we're going to start getting more and if we're actually going to start getting the human element 
with the human versus mutant part in seasons two and on. Well, for my part, I can't wait to finally get that Mutant Beach Day. Really looking forward to that. I was really looking forward to having Mutant Beach Day, but, you know, that didn't happen. That's another thing that gets destroyed, the, the van or truck or whatever. And then, of course, they blow up an asteroid in this. That's so cool. Uh, uh, that's how I blew up an asteroid. That's all I got to say about that. Right on. How do you guys want to transition out? Well, we got to blow up that asteroid and then hop into a jet and speed on out of here. We got Loki season two coming up next time. It is going to be fun. For those watching us live, we will not be recording at our same time. We will be recording later on Sunday afternoon. That is due to a personal commitment from me. So uh, hopefully the writer strike and the psych strike will be over by then. I don't think so. And if not, we will not have Lauren with us. She is not with us today because of uh, personal reasons. Uh, nothing bad. She's just traveling and couldn't be with us. So next time we're looking forward to Loki. And if you have any thoughts on Loki season two, you have until Sunday morning, basically to get that to us, you can call us on our voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can also send us an email at legendsofshield at gmail.com, or you can go ahead and hit us on the social medias, you know, Discord, our X account, whatever, and get to us. We really appreciate it. And thank you. For sticking with us through this season one of X-Men Evolution. It's been fun watching Saturday morning cartoons literally on Saturday morning. Thank you very much again all of our listeners for sticking with us through Thick and Thin and for our Discord members having really cool discussions about all things Marvel. Yes, every time that you listen to us, it is it's a present to both of us because you get to hear our thoughts, but we also know that people want to hear our thoughts, so we get to do that. And if you want to hear more from me, there's Play Comics, which should have come out last week, but there was a sudden case of onset sickness that we're not sure what it was, but it we're fine, probably food poisoning because it was gone really quickly. I really hope it wasn't the bulgogi. Still need that story, Chris. So we're trying to decide where to go for my birthday dinner. And I decided, okay, let's go get Korean barbecue. I know we've got a few places around here. So I go, we look it up, we go, we get to the restaurant. And then we realize neither one of us knows how to eat this food at all. Hmm. So Kaylee's came, you know, like nice rice bowl thing. That was pretty obvious. Get the chopsticks in there and go. Meanwhile, I got a side bowl of rice and basically a cast iron skillet of meat. And I'm just looking at it like, okay, am I supposed to mix these up or just eat them or what? So I just kind of grabbed stuff off the plate and ate and it was really good. Okay. That's the, you gotta say, I was hoping it was better than that, but also I was really dumb and got spicy and uh... um, I hiccup when it's spicy 
and it doesn't take much spicy to get me to hiccup. So uh, there was lots of hiccup being involved. Apparently on Tuesdays at my work, it's Korean Tuesdays. So there's a Korean restaurant right near where I work. And I stupidly went with them one day and they had a whole bottle of the sauce and they were just pouring it on. I, I was not that stupid. I took a little bit and put it on my tongue and was like, oh my gosh. So I'm glad I didn't throw it on there. But I, I do not join them for Korean Tuesdays anymore. Just out of safety protection. It's hot. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's hot. Go try for yourself. Trying the food from other cultures is a wonderful experience. It definitely is. All right. That's it for us for this week. See, Michelle is uh, thinking about food right now. So I'm going to uh, depart now. See you guys next time. Bye. 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 I am kind of hungry. And yes, Michelle, I did use chopsticks. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Have a good week. Yeah, you? It's been busy. Got my COVID shot yesterday and about 12.30 or so. And then, I don't know, 9, 10, probably closer to 10 o'clock. I started to see, uh, feel some effects. It wasn't too bad. Um, but when I, after I got my shot, my, uh, my left arm, which I got my shot in, my, my upper left arm went completely numb. I was like, what is this? Wow. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so... I talked to a few people and they're like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was kind of sore for a day or two, but I'm like, yeah, but mine was numb. I'm like, yeah, it's what it was. So, but last night around nine or 10, I started to feel achy, got a little stuffy head. And then it was a little un- uncomfortable overnight, took some Tylenol, uh, but I'm, I'm back fighting today. I'm good to sit in a chair and, and talk about cartoons. Yay. Have a good week. Yeah, you? It's been busy. Got my COVID shot yesterday and about 12.30 or so. And then, I don't know, 9, 10, probably closer to 10 o'clock. I started to see, uh, feel some effects. It wasn't too bad. Um, but when I, after I got my shot, my uh, my left arm which I got my shot in my, my upper left arm went completely numb. I was like, what is this? Wow. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so I talked to a few people and they're like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was kind of sore for a day or two, but I'm like, yeah, but mine was numb. I'm like, yeah, it's what it was. So, but last night around nine or 10, I started to feel achy, got a little stuffy head. And then, 
It was a little un- uncomfortable overnight. Took some Tylenol, uh, but I'm I'm back fighting today. I'm good to sit in a chair and and talk about cartoons. Yay! Legends of Shield is copyright 2013 through 2023.